Are we alive? Yes, we are streaming. So let me start the show. Oh, look, we're here to go live. Yes, we are going live. In a world of divisiveness, we bring you diversity. In a world of hate, we bring you love. In a world of fear, we inspire you to live. And now, laughing, loving, and alive with your hosts, Rain Thomas, Elmer J. Howard, and Dr. Kevin. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition. And it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the twilight zone. So that, does that make you Ron Sterling or whoever that guy was? Rod. Rod, yes. I should know that. Flaccid Rod. Rod. I get it. <laughs> People are going to be like, Flaccid? What is she talking about? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Hey now. <laughs> well, good evening. I am Andy Warhol. What is she talking about? <laughs> okay. And who are who you? Who is that? And who are you? I am the guy who introduces Twilight Zone. So you're Rod Sterling, right? Right, Rod Sterling. She's Andy Warhol. Yes. And you are? Madam Butterfly. I love it. <laughs> Bow down. Bow down. <laughs> so, Rod, how's it been hanging? What's been going on with you the last it's, couple it's, of weeks? <laughs> It's been a little flaccid to the left, you know. Um, hey now. Oh boy. <laughs> um, You're going to offend our guests and they're going to go away because, you know, there is something about tonight's guest about, uh, you know, having one of the most famous completely clean acts and you're talking all like dirty here, the two of you. You need to take cues from me, Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. I love it. Well, you know, it, it isn't, thank God for rain, either texting me if I've sent the link out to um, uh, to our guests or posting on like Facebook and Instagram because, you know, my, you know, 830 or whatever it was, she texted me and I was, I was on Facebook and I was like, I, well, first it was, she texted me and I was like, oh, we have a show tonight. That's right. So I went and sent the, the link to the wrong person. And then I sit down and I, and I see the Facebook pull up and I see Warren B. Hall, and I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, so I texted her again, like, who's our guest? Like, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna be. I don't know. I don't even know how I'm gonna be. 43 or 44. I don't remember. But my memories are my memories already shot. That's not good. 40. No, 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 no. No, you're gonna. Yeah. No, you're only gonna 44. be 44. No, 40, 43. 43. <laughs> no, 77. I was born in 77. 
<laughs> that doesn't help me. You see my math. You're going to be somewhere between 32 and 50. I thought you were 78. I thought no, James, that's James, isn't it? James was 79, I thought. I'm 77. You're 77? Okay. Yeah. Well, you don't look a day over 76. So that's all <laughs> I have to say. So rain, you can now officially pop the cherry on loving, laughing, and alive. Tell us what's been going on with you for the it, last- It's laughing, loving, and alive. Lip woman. Yes, I'm so excited. I finally released the um, Never Alone collection. And it's a lip gloss stain. And it's done by this woman who is out of the country. It's beautiful. She's been so helpful. But the orders are coming in by the bucketfuls. I'm so grateful because, of course, you know, 10 to 20 percent of all sales uh, go to survivors and or their families or patients who are currently battling because people don't realize things like sending people even $50. If it costs $5 to park every day during chemo and you don't have the money, $50 really does help. Or if you want to surprise someone who's in hospice, you know, postage. Yeah, I mailed something to Canada and it was something that was really small and it cost like 40 bucks. So I'm really excited to have this launch and all everyone who supports. <clears throat> and I tried to make it as organic and friendly and chemical free as possible. So it has a limited shelf life. So we try to make it as it comes up and it's exciting though. And it's uh, a collection for women by women six colors which will be limited and then I will ask six other women because the goal is to uh, spread it globally you send it to someone you know or don't know and every time they look at the box and it says the never alone collection you'll know that you're never alone and hopefully you know goes around the world and no one ever has to feel lonely especially through cancer so yes yay well I just want you to know that Morgana asked me if she had an in so she wouldn't have to wait for her order that she ordered of the Never Alone collection because you know she she thought that she should have some kind of special and she should wants to make sure she gets it before Jackie over there. Um, well, yes, and you know yours will get it first because we have something in common, you know, once you go black, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And Jackie, don't feel bad. It's not personal. No, we're not racist on this show. This show. We, <laughs> we, we love you just as much for being a mixed breed. Even more so. We used to say mulatto, but I, I think that's not, that's not the appropriate term anymore, is it? Um, I don't know. I heard that term my whole life, that and red bone and... Um, that, you know, it wasn't favorable then, but it, I was being called by that by my own people. So I'm not really sure anymore. Yeah, well, I never thought that calling somebody a mulatto was, was an insult. We always just used it for somebody that was of a mixed race. But I, I, could be, I could be wrong and I may have just offended people and 5,000 things will come, uh, will come up saying, how can I be so ignorant? Um, willingly. <laughs> I, I accept it. I if, if if there's if it's an incorrect term, please tell me. But it was the one that I grew up on, and it was never used <coughs> derisively that I ever heard. It was just I, it was the identity. Answer streak. So, anyways, um, well, that's great. I never alone. 
that collection. I, I think that's fabulous. I'm very happy for you. Thank you. And uh, getting getting something out and doing good at the same time. You double hitter, you. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's right. Before we get on to, to Madam Butterfly, um, <laughs> we did. Uh, my film is doing well. Um, we've won 15 awards so far. Yeah, 100. We've, I saw it. Yeah, we've only had one festival not select us out of 11 or 12 that have selected so far. And we still got another 70 to go. Gee, I don't feel left out whatsoever. <laughs> I, I told you when we were filming, you decided you didn't want to change your flights. Hey, um, um, would you like me to make sure that that salt is kosher that he's putting in your, pushing in your- I, I know it. You like sea salt? I know it. I know it. Stick it right up my nose. <laughs> I know it. I'm jealous. You're sticking white stuff up your nose. I don't think that's legal, <laughs> not even in Vegas. <laughs> well, congratulations anyway, Elmer. I'm excited even though I'm not a part of it. And yes, I'm salty and <laughs> tight about it, but that's besides the point. I'm still your friend because I know you have many more coming down the pipes. Yeah, we got yeah, a few. In you the... better be in every last one of them or you will- Every. <laughs> every last one of them, every. Yes. She'll have to make a cameo. Yes, for sure. I, and I certainly will because you know me, I'm shameless. Yeah, well, she's going to make a cameo in some of them. The rest of them, she wants the star leading role. Yes. Rain Thomas as drag queen extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you said by women and for women. Are you saying that you won't sell this to drag queens? Drag queens are my favorite. It wouldn't, you know what? I never wore makeup because we didn't wear it in our family. But I remember I used to go to like drag shows in the village and I was just blown away at how fun the performances were. And then when I started doing live theater, because you know, usually I'm a musician, but live theater allowed me to be bigger. And I thought of the drag queens and my lashes got bigger. And then I did a performance of Dream Girls and I got Effie White and the person directing it was this over-the-top gay guy who loved drag shows. And that's where I really just, I mean, it was bigger than life. I loved it. So yes, I will sell everything. I will rename the product if I have to. Yeah, there you go. Never alone. I think that it is, you know, per perfectly appropriate for drag queens as well, not just women. Well, get those drag queens on the phone. So, so social butterfly, what, what, what has your last two weeks been like? Well, my last weeks have been very interesting. There's been a couple of things and I'll try to go through them quickly because I'd like to move on to the more serious and sober part of our show. Um, ah, but so uh, uh, a long time ago, I did this fabulous app. I, and I mean, like we tested it blind People loved it. It You answered 12 questions and you ended up getting assigned a shade on the Dr. Kevin Rainbow on the uh, uh, about what shade you were and on the ADD, ADHD Rainbow. Um, there were 64 shades on the rainbow and it would generate a 27 to 32 page report about the care, feeding, understanding, insights of your particular shade on the Dr. Kevin Rainbow 
and how to best manage the gift of your ADD. So it came up, it was on iOS maybe 10 days, there was an update, there was a disintegrating company that, cre that created it that could not manage to ever get it back up because they were too busy infighting and then they dissolved. Um, and that app has been dead in the water ever since. So I did all of that work, created hundreds and hundreds of pages to come together. I did all of the, you know, this, this, and this, you get this and this and this and this and all of it. They tested it on some incredible number of people who said they felt like I'd been looking in their window because I described them so accurately, people that didn't know me, that I'd never met, um, you know, the whole nine yards. And it's just stayed fallow for 10 years. Um, and so we have found a way to get it back up. And in six to eight weeks, six to eight weeks, we're gonna be re-releasing um, and being able to run with this time. And instead of being just a managing the gift app, that's just ADD and ADHD. Um, it's also, it's gonna be a My Dr. Kevin app. So it's gonna have all my spiritual stuff, all my creative stuff, all my ADD, ADHD stuff. So it has all of that um, going for it. Uh, and so I'm super excited because like I said, I mean, the, the, the amount of time and energy and years in my practice that I created this manual, this stuff, to have it sit in my file cabinet has been, has been frustrating. So mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to go out and help the world. People will go on, 12 questions, get a summary of the shade, and then if they want the report, they'll have to buy it. You know, you got to make money somewhere. So... Yes. Bravo, bravo, it's exciting. Uh, so I'm very excited about this. So I'll be talking more about the My Dr. Kevin app as it comes. Yay. Uh, and uh, how that's going. And I have been doing the final editing work and going through uh, my science fiction book, which should be getting released in six to eight weeks. Um, and I wrote that a while ago and it sat there and it got released and the publishing company went out of business um, and I got the book back and I've updated it and done some changes. And so it's gonna be released uh, again for the very first time, so to speak. It's Are you seeing a trend here, Rain? I'm what, shameless, shameless promoting? <laughs> no, no, that he keeps putting things out with people that go out of business. That was the old me. That was the old me. That was back when Elmer used to work for me full time. And, and now, now I'm choosing better people that he's not involved. Uh, I was trying to take this on a different track. I'm like, I know where this is going. But uh, yeah, so there's, so I'm, I'm excited about that. And I actually have picked back up the second book in the fantasy fiction series I'm writing and um, have started the massive re-edits of that at the same time. And that's going to probably, I'm hoping that's going to be done by the middle of May. So it will be out probably in the fall. So Yay. lots of creative stuff, yes. lots of fun stuff. Um, and then I've got something else, which I'm going to not mention till the next show as it comes together, but it's also pretty exciting and it's over on the side 
but we're not going to talk about it yet. Just like you, not quite ready for public release. But uh, I get it. It's gets. Ta -da -da -da. I'm excited to it. Um, and you can ask me offline and I'll fill you in. But, nope, I'll wait. Okay. But, you know, talking about fun stuff and having fun things going on in your life, um, I'm going to have Rain introduce our next fun guest who is a comedian and who it must not be very fun to be a person in his life because he does a lot of his comedy routine making fun of you. Uh, <laughs> My kind of guy. <laughs> uh, you know, everything from, you know, your kids control your life to why his wife can't drive. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I do want to find out what the divorce rate is for comedians, uh, <laughs> but it seems to be an age old tradition of uh, if you are in their life and you're close to them, you are going to be uh, the butt of their humor on stages across the country. And talking about butt and humor, welcome, Warren. Hello. I was listening. <laughs> Let's get right to it. I looked it up. Mulatto, a person of mixed white or black ancestry, especially a person with one white and one black parent. Now you know. <laughs> now we know. Inquiring minds wanted to know. And knowing is half the battle. Because I was listening, and you guys have have you guys have fun genuinely on the show. So thank you for having me here. But you reminded me uh, of a drag queen story uh, <laughs> in some comics where uh, we were catching a plane and we missed it. So we had nothing to do in uh, oh, oh, Buffalo, New York. No, Rochester, Buffalo, Rochester, Buffalo, New York. And uh, they happen. To, it's a small town, but they happen to have a drag queen show. And we happen to be there the night it was happening. So we think we'll go, we'll, we'll have some fun and laugh. So there happened to be a little person who was in the show and she's doing her number. And as she's dancing, my buddy, Tom Irwin thought I'll tip with a dollar and I'll be funny. And I'll put the dollar in my mouth. Right. So he has a dollar and he, he leans down cause she's laying flat and she surprised us all. He thought she was going to take the tip of the dollar and I'll be damned right up with a quickness. And so he's like, mm! and then, <laughs> We, to this day, you can call him and just laugh, and he'll know it's you, and he'll know why you're laughing. Good times, Buffalo. What's his, what's his Instagram? Because you know I'm all over that, right? Yeah. Well, I, I, I see I got to do the introduction, so um, <laughs> I'm going to say, because everybody thinks that I bring, everybody that I bring on this show is my friend, and I do incorporate you in as family once I ask you to be on the show because I vet everyone and they know if I don't like what you're saying on the phone, you don't get on the show. I don't care what the heck you're talking about. But um, I saw one of your skits a while ago and I watched it and I was like, oh, he's funny. I like it, it's clean. But you said when the, you, the lady said she thought B was for Buforus right. in your middle name. And I was shocked because I had an uncle Buforus who had a, he named his son Buforus. And I thought, okay, either this guy and I are related or Buforus should be illegal to name anyone. Like they couldn't possibly be more than another. It couldn't be anybody else with that middle, with that name. Theirs was first. So of course that's when I contacted you. And, I didn't know uh, it was a real name. I thought she was being silly. 
No, it's a real name. My uncle Buferis and his son Buferis Jr. Because Buferis Sr. wasn't bad enough. I mean, I can say it now they're both dead. But um, yeah, so that I had to call you because I asked somebody else. I said, wasn't it Buferis? His name was Buferis Rufus. I'm like, oh. And Rufus, both? Buferis Rufus. Wow. And and this is the big part. I know my family's probably like, oh, she's telling all our dirty laundry, whatever. He was illiterate. So imagine spelling Buferis when oh. you're illiterate. Uh, <laughs> uh, call me Rufus, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think that I would I think I would have called gone call me junior. So right, right. Yeah. I, I don't know what we called him. I, I don't even remember. I just remember I used to call him Uncle Buf. And I thought, what could Buf be short for? Because you know you're a kid, right? And they said is when he died, I saw it on like the set on the uh, headstone, and it was Buferus. I'm like, oh my god, that's his Buferus senior. You, know, you mentioned <laughs> uh, if it doesn't go well on the phone call, our phone call went so well and was so long. I thought it was the show. <laughs> so my kid had come up to me a couple times, like, no, I'm on the show. I'm doing, this. we're having a great time. It was going so well, and then I was kind of sad. When he said, okay, so we'll talk to you on the uh, 11th, 12th. I was like, oh, okay. It was great. Yeah. And well, I turn you names. over to them. Yes, I that now turn you over names. to them. So, like, what did you do wrong? You couldn't have been that great on the phone call because she decided to torture you with me. We laughed. <laughs> we had tears. We bonded. It was a good call. Yes. And now I'm turning you over to Dr. Kevin. Elmer might ask you one or two things, but Dr. Kevin, he's ready. Right. Well, you know, first of all, because you had this fabulous phone call, but he is not one of your, oh, I have known this person forever. She has more forevers in her than politicians have broken promises because <laughs> he knows everybody forever. Um, so you can ask questions tonight because you haven't known him forever. It may have felt to him like it was forever by the time you got off that phone call. But yes, you don't you know, based on what so, um, Elmer said earlier and you with the trend of people going out of business, now I'm a little scared to get you to like talk to him tonight because I want uh -oh. him to continue with an illustrious career. I want to live. <laughs> so if you weren't going to be doing comedy, what would you do? I just want setting you up for the, for the eventual that you're going to go out of business. Well... Now that I know that's a thought, um, I always watch like TV commercials and I always think I could have made that funnier. So maybe I try to get into ad work where you're the guy who sells the idea. You just come into me in a back room. I pep it up with a couple lines and then you go back out and put it on TV because there's a lot of dumb commercials. So you're going to try to sell speed in a back room? No. No, where's speed coming? Speed? You said pep up. I thought you meant you were going to make them. Oh, oh. oh, okay. I'm sorry. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> what is on your mind? <laughs> pep up is a dated term, too. Almost like mulatto, which would be the name of the drug we sell. Well, you know, what I thought you were going to say was if you weren't being a comic, you would be a comedy writer. Isn't that what I said? Well, you said a, a marketing person. You said a marketing person, like for ads. I'm thinking maybe you should do a remake of the Dick Van Dyke show. Oh. And Dick Van Dyke. Gotcha, gotcha. Beautiful. Fall down, right? Hey, 
I can see it right now. And Rain could be your wife in the movie. Mary Tyler Moore, right, right? Yeah. yeah. It would be okay. hilarious. Gotcha. We go. We'll get our two little beds separated like on the show, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey. be the first episode, us pushing them together. <laughs> That's all right. I want to be Richie. The kid. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm going to be your love child. <laughs> Yay. By the way, well, uh, I think you look much better in person than the uh, the picture they use of you with the glasses and the short hair. I think you look much better, uh, uh, the doctor, with the longer hair and the beard and everything. Oh, oh thank you. Thank you. Um, so tell me, what uh, what led you to get into comedy? What, what was... I was a silly kid. Okay. I was a silly kid. And uh, every day I'd come to class late, not on purpose. I had to catch a bus to get to school. So if you missed the bus, you missed first period or you had to be there an hour early. What kid's gonna go an hour early? So when you come in late, you had to write down why you were late. So I would write funny things. And then it got to a point where everybody looked forward to me coming in late. It's like, oh, he's late. What's it gonna be today? And then I try to outdo what I did the last time, so. What was your first period class? Oh, it was uh, Mr. Gentilly, which was uh, some type of a history class, some type of history. Okay, so you were making history with your comedy. Correct, correct. But uh, when I started getting laughs at that, I wanted to do it more and more. Um, so a lot of times people that talk about comics go in because they're hiding some kind of pain, Trauma. Or misery, or dark side, that somehow that they do this, uh, do this uh, because it, it uh, covers up something is there anything that you're covering up or are you actually just a funny guy that is, likes to be a funny guy? What you're saying is true. I know a ton of comics who they're that way. They're funny only on stage. Then after their train wrecks, I'm not one of those comics. I'm just silly. I don't have a, a, a gimmick. I just say what I think is funny. So I'm not recreating the wheel by any means, but uh, you'll get your laugh on. Okay. So if that's the weird, okay. <laughs> like if that's your truth, okay, okay. <laughs> that's one. <laughs> well, there was something about the way you said if you got your laugh on the way this show's been going. I'm like, okay, don't go there. It's early. Um, it's early. <laughs> it's early yet. So now, if you, so what do your, what does your family think that you? Uh, use them as as your fodder for stage material. Does it I ever cause problems? I there was only there's only one joke where my wife was like, "Could you not say that one line?" And it was like, of all the things I say about you, that's the line. Sure, I'll change it. Uh, but I think they're they're used to it now. Something will happen, and then at that show that night, I might throw it into the act. My wife's like, "That happened just last night," and so she's always a. Uh, excited to see what I've twisted into what because usually I don't tell her because every time I tell her a joke she does this <laughs> and that's that's when I know it's good when she shakes her head like, no I'm like oh that's gold that's gold are you gonna tell us the line that she says don't say anymore <laughs> yeah because it's been a while um there's this joke I do about how uh when I met my wife she was blonde but I asked her to change it to brunette the rest of the joke goes on and she was like 
could you not tell them that? Because then it makes it seem like I was weak and did what you wanted to. And I was like, that that's the line? <laughs> that's the line? I go, first of all, do you know how many women are whatever hair color they are? Because their man may have suggested it. I go, that's what you, sure, I'll change that. So I said it slightly differently. But, uh, but I don't say it like, you know, I asked her to change. But that was the line. So that wow. was an easy fix. That was an easy fix. We first got together. I was like, don't ask me to change nothing. I'm not changing nothing. <laughs> Only thing she asked was like, oh, yeah, I could change that. Wow. So that's right? a true story. You asked her to change it to, to Burnett. Yeah. I've always liked dark hair. Uh, when I met her, it was blonde. And I said, have you ever had dark hair? She goes, no, I, go, I think you'd look really, really good with it. And she's like, I think so? And that was pretty much the conversation. It wasn't like uh, a week went by and I was like, you know, I was thinking about dark hair again. It wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> You mentioned it once. She visited the hairdresser. She came back and you went, my ship Ooh, is sunk. Exactly. <laughs> I went into the hairdresser behind the curtain, gave her a little money. You know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> She's a brunette now. <laughs> and what's her hair color today? It's still dark. Yep. She. Oh, okay. So, yep. so after she re reeled you in, she kept it. She didn't switch back to blonde because it didn't make any difference anymore. Well, all of her friends complimented it. Oh, you look great, brunette. Blah blah blah. So she forgot. I think she forgot. I even suggested it at first. So yeah, <laughs> that's a typical marriage thing. She took that. Yeah, they they only remember the bad stuff always forever. See, I just I just to me it was just it seemed like a very low thing when there are guys who you go out and their whole outfit their wife bought their whole outfit she bought the tie uh bought everything i didn't realize that a lot of wives do that so i was at a wedding with my wife and they said oh did she pick that tie i go no i buy my own clothes i'm, gonna, I'm an adult and the guy next to me was like <laughs> and i was like what and he was like she bought the whole i was like oh i didn't mean it like that but it was one of those i was so quick to defend myself that I was putting this guy into the bus. So, <laughs> yeah. So, when, how old were you when you did your first professional stand up comedy? Professional, 24. Okay. And that's all you've done since then? Um, I went full time in 2001. So, I was like close, closer to 30. Okay. Close to the end. But I was doing I was doing open mics and I thought if you did one show a month, I thought that was comedy. I thought, hey, I'm doing it. I'm I'm here. And then you realize that's not even the tip of the iceberg. So you gotta jump out there and make things happen. As a as a doctor, I'm sure you know that. Um well I did you tell him that Frankenstein was really my last name, that I made things happen? Um, I was just going to let him have at that one for you. Okay. Surprise. Uh, so you started so at 30 you started doing comedy full-time any yeah. regrets ever have you ever thought why did I do this why didn't I become a real person with a real job no it's been one of those always why didn't I do this sooner pretty much every comic I know feels like why didn't I do this sooner the four guys that I know who I started with who jumped out I can't fathom I can't fathom how you quit Unless you had, I mean, I don't mean guys who weren't funny. I mean, guys who are hilarious, had the talent, had the, the ability, and then got to a point where they're like, eh, not anymore. I can't, I can't see that. I can't see that happening. Now, how old were you when your wife came in the picture? Were you already doing professional comedy or? Um, I met her like 38. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was already a professional comic. She met me at a show. Oh, okay. 
I believe I made fun of her cleavage. <laughs> oh, there's a good pickup line. Now it's mine. <laughs> okay. Um, and and so she was old enough to drink, but just yes. barely. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> She's eight years younger than me. How, how come I am not surprised? Um, <laughs> this is going to crash and burn. I can't bring them into the club. Whoever comes in and talks to me, there's your chance. Ask him about his husband. How much younger? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> now he can't hear. Elmer almost spit out his water. <laughs> My husband is 24 years younger than me. 24. Yeah. Impressive. Impressive. I so always I always say from the stroller or did you <laughs> I, I always I always say you're as old as who feels you. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love sitting back on this one. That could be a t-shirt. That could totally be a t-shirt. You're as old as who feels you. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So she met you as a professional comic, so there was never any issue about her not thinking you should get a real job or oh, no, no. Or all that stuff. So you didn't have to go through any of that. And I've seen it through a lot of my friends who this one guy's wife said, you get five years. If you can't make something happen in five years, you got to quit. And he, he, he quit, you know? So yeah, wow. I never had that. So now did he quit the career of the wife, the career? And do you think he made the right choice? He definitely made the right choice. Oh, okay. <laughs> Obviously, you're still friends with them. Definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's his Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> like Warren was on our show. Uh... <laughs> he said. Nah, he said, you said. <laughs> so, as a matter of fact, strangely enough, uh, I was at a show. He was there, and it was his girlfriend at the time. Now he's married to her and we're watching the show. And I, I said to her, I said, hey, these were new jeans. He had just gone up on stage and I had just come off stage. I said, hey, these were new jeans. How do they look on stage? And I thought she was going to say, oh, they look good or, or something like that. And she goes, oh, your butt looks very bulbous. And then she went right back to the show. <laughs> so I'm bulbous. sitting there going, bulbous. That was, and I remember going, tapping her going, I'm sorry, did you hear what I said? She goes, yeah, 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 the pants, the pants. I went right back to the show. And I couldn't enjoy the show. My whole mind was like, is Bulbous good? Is Bulbous not good? It was weird. But he married her. So, hey, Bulbous is good. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, it, she, you, didn't, you, you didn't want her to necessarily think that you had an ass that was more attractive than the guy, than the ass that she was thinking of marrying on the stage. But who goes with that okay. answer? <laughs> Yeah, somebody who's articulate and has a large vocabulary. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. Or Bulbous was in that arsenal and they've been wanting to use it for a very long time and there was the opportunity. It's like, how can I say rounded backside but not sound dirty or perverty? All right. <laughs> bulbous it is. Well, I think that that may be, I think, I, I, I love it. I think you should work it in. Warren Bulbous, bulbous Hall. <laughs> Let me do a theater near you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you better hope I'm not in that audience because I'm going to be in the front row. Bring out the bulbous. Yeah. <laughs> Can you give us a little turn and show us the bulbous? I'll bring my kazoo for that one. <laughs> Who brings a kazoo to a show? I do. Rain does. 
How else did you rain on your parade in the middle of your comedy act? There it is. And just as you're hitting the po- the, the punchline, <laughs> nearly had that happen. Um, what was your most da- disastrous moment on stage, and how how long did it take you to turn it into humor? Um. About a about a year. I was. Uh, it's funny. I was just in Myrtle Beach recently, but I tell the story. It actually happened in Myrtle Beach. I'm doing a show. Uh, it's rough, and I know it's rough, and it's not going well, and I know it's not going well. And uh, at the end of the show, people are walking out, and you know they're shaking your hand, or or they're just walking by you. And this one woman puts her hand out, shakes my hand, and she goes, "I did not find you entertaining at all." <laughs> and I thought she was kidding because she said it so nonchalantly. And I was like, did you say bulbous? And she goes, no, no, I didn't say bulbous. <laughs> she, she, she goes, uh, she goes, <clears throat> I said, I didn't enjoy your act, but have a good night. And I'd never, nobody comes up to you and says, you know, you're not funny. So that was something, it was, it was a weird hit. Like, uh, then she just walked out, nice as could be. But yeah, that messed with me. Now it's a joke, so. Yeah, I was going to say, so by your next show, were you using it or as a joke? Not the next show. It was a little bit of time because I was like, I couldn't believe she said. I kept thinking she'd come back, you know, and maybe say she was kidding, and she didn't. But what what was it about that show that wasn't going well? I hadn't practiced, you know. I hadn't practiced. Uh, you get to a point sometimes you go, I got enough material, I could probably wing it, and uh, I don't do that anymore. I went to wing it, and I was doing punchlines that I hadn't set up with the, you know, the, doing a callback on a joke that I didn't bring up in the first place, and you're there like, huh? Huh? They're like, yeah. No. Then my buddy told me, you know, you didn't do the setup for that joke. It was just bad, and it was me. It was me. It wasn't them. It was me. So, you know. So, I mean, you've been doing this professionally for twenty years. Yes. A year ago, you decided to drop the discipline of practice. What was going on in your head? It wasn't a year ago. This was like uh, this was like maybe six, seven years ago. Oh, okay. I thought you said last year. Sorry. Oh no, no. I was just at uh, last week. I was just at the same club, which is oh. why it's so so fresh to me. But yeah, yeah, this was years ago. Oh, okay. But still, I was in it. I see your point. I was in the game, and because uh, uh, I think I got to a point where I was like, I can wing it. I've got enough stuff. You know, I can I, I can wing it. I got enough material. But what it is is, I like the flow. I like this joke to go to this joke to this joke. So I'm not saying uh, what's up with uh, grandparents? And then I go, anyone use toothpaste? Doesn't go together. So I like to do a joke that (laughs) connects toothpaste and your grandparents. That's called denture grip. There it is. There it is. See? I would have that in the middle now. Go right to it. And then do a cemetery. Together. Right. You can really wrap your feet around it. This is a very bulbous moment, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> He's got a notebook. He's just hitting them off. Got him. I know. Got him. <laughs> well, I I find it interesting because you know when you, I think that sometimes a certain level of success for a period of time, some can make that moment of uh where we get arrogant i agree 300 mm-hmm. and I, as somebody who's been on stage done professional speaking and taught classes and done stuff i i had a moment where 
I, I, I was not prepared and we were trying to shoot it for something and whatever. And the, everybody was like, you're so much better than this. What are you doing? Like, you know, you're only as good as your last show. Yep. Yeah. And the interesting thing is the person who survives is the one that looks and goes, shame on you. You're not, well, they just didn't get it and they weren't a good audience. And mm-hmm. who does who does that think she is? I'm not We've seen that too. Yeah. I had a guy yell out at an audience, it's not rocket science. And it was like, no, it was you. You're not doing a very good job. Don't yell at them because they yeah. think it was funny. It's not rocket science. Remember that dude. You want his uh his Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> so um, what is uh so now you have children. How many children do you have? Two. How old? 14 and seven. About to be seven. About to be seven. 14 and seven. Okay. So um, are they getting, are, d- does the 14-year-old, well, do either one of them think that dad's funny? Yes. It's easier for the seven-year-old to admit that I'm funny than the 14. He tries to hold it in. I don't know what it is about 14. You become too cool or whatever, but he holds it in. Whereas the seven-year-old's like, dad, you're funny. Tell him you're funny. He tells people, tell him you're funny. So yeah, they get it now. Do you think that they become better material with age? That's interesting. Um, I think they did more (laughs) funny stuff when they were little, just of the nuance of not quite understanding how the world works and now i think they do more relatable things now that they're older because of things we've all done you know we tell these lies that we didn't realize your parents told that same lie when they were a kid which is why it's not working now but they think they're the first one to think of whatever the lie is or whatever like tell my seven-year-old he goes i go brush your teeth and he goes i did when i go well why is the sink dry and he's like oh you're a wizard. He doesn't know that <laughs> I did the same thing. My mom did the same thing. So stuff like that. Yeah. Well, the fun thing with your 14 year old will be um, that 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 he kind of um, thinks he knows it all and is smarter now in a way. Right. He can bring a whole different level of humor into it oh, yeah. because, because now they pretend to not be clueless. Right. But they're still clueless. So, yeah. you know, there's going to be some rich material. I'm sure that you will find ways to make fun of both of them until they're well into their 80s. I plan to. I plan to. So. <laughs> I want to ask you something, Lauren, that... Um... I, we talked about this on the original are call. Are the children but, mulatto? Yes, they are. Thank you. Um, you know what? Like I said, I don't use the word mulatto because they didn't make it very nice for me growing up. You know, a lot of families like, you're a mulatto. I'm like, no, I'm not. Then you're a red bone. Okay. I, I heard both those terms too, but I never heard either of them negatively. You know, you don't know my family. You know, ah, people see, name people Buferous. I mean, you gotta. <laughs> so I just remember my, my uncle, he'd always be like, mm, that girl, that's a thick red bone right there. You say, you are know, you saying, I've not, not heard this word bef- before. Is it red bone? Red bone. Yes. Red bone. Red yeah, bone. I've never heard that one before. No, no. Yeah. Just that's, that's popular. I, I come from the whitest state in the union, so. <laughs> 
But yeah, my uncle, well, that's a thick red bone right there. Mm. <laughs> yes, I've heard that. But I was a kid and, you know, other kids and adults because uh-huh. I, yeah, it just didn't go down well. But um, hmm. I, I wanted to ask you, we have one of those professions, you know, there's kind of like three professions where everybody thinks they have an answer, a solution, a situation, or they can do it too. Right. If you say you're a singer, you say you're a comedian, or you say you're a police officer. Yeah, everybody has all the answers for police officers and why they can't get caught drunk driving and blah, blah, blah. And as a musician, when I, I say I'm a musician hoping they'll just move on, but they're like, oh, what instrument do you play? I'm a singer. Let me hear you sing something. Like that is going to make me famous or uh, why do I have to validate with you? I'm like, well, what do you do for a living? I work at you know the drugstore. So why do I need to prove to you unless your grandfather is Barry Gordy. Do right. you get that a lot as a comedian somewhere just out and about say something funny and how do you respond? We do get that, but I think what's worse is when someone tells you something goes, you can use this and it's never <laughs> good. It's never, there's never been one you could use this where I was like, that was gold, sir. Thank, it's never, it's never useful. You can use this, you can take that, you can take that. So, so I'm going to put out right now, anything I say tonight, you cannot use unless I get all these. I've already recorded it, it's mine. <laughs> so so are we going to be making your next show? It's still early, it's still early. Uh, so I'm going to be there. The, um, uh, so I, there is another one, there is another profession you've never thought of, Rain, and I have to say this, and it's being a professional psychic, because I started doing professional oh. psychic work in the 70s. Really? I, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. And, I, and what you were talking about, I remember in, in the early 90s going to a party, and the, it was a housewarming party, and somebody came up to me and said, so I, I hear you, you're a professional psychic. And I'm like, yeah. And they said, well, and they like threw this question at me and I'm like, I'm not working. Right. And they're like, right. And they're like, well, but if I, you know, if I just, if I put my hand in your face, would you, you know, would you tell me what was in my hand and, or, you know, like what my lines were. And I said to the woman, I said, what do you do for a living? And she goes, oh, well, you know, the woman that's whose house this is, I sold her the tile on the floor. And I said, if I took you by the back of your head and I drove your, your thing into the floor and said, hey, tell me about this tile and bounced it a couple of times, would you feel abused? Book an appointment. I don't work unless I'm right. paid. I did, right at a party. <laughs> right. It's disrespectful. And, you know, I talk to my friends that are doctors, medical doctors. I have a friend who's an anthropologist. And he says, you know, it, his ID says Dr. So-and-so. And years ago, he got on a plane and he said, you know, someone said, oh, this guy isn't feeling well as a doctor. And they got mad at him because he wouldn't get up and look at this person. He says, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm an anthropologist. And they're like, so you should know about bones. You should know about this. Or he goes to a party and says, yeah, I'm a doctor of anthropology. And he said, this guy pulled up his shirt. He said, we're at a dinner party. He goes, can you tell me anything about this lump that's growing on my back? He's like, what? First of all, that's disrespectful. You're talking about a person's career. And it, I, I mean, what are you thinking? I've never done that to anyone Sadly, in my life. It, in their mind, know? they're thinking, oh, thank goodness I bumped into you. I can ask about this. We were meant to meet. So I could tell you about my back. Ooh. My brother-in-law is a pharmacist in a very, very, very small town. 
So people see him everywhere because small town. I'm like, hey, uh, that cream, is it come in yet? Just everywhere he goes is people asking him things about stuff he doesn't want to talk about when he's out with his family. So yeah. Right. See, I, I, I get it. See, we can exchange around here because, you know, if, because I'm a doctor, right? But, but I'm not a doctor. doctor. Doctor in divinity. Oh, okay, 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 okay. And, um, but see, now if they said something like that, I'd be, well, I see two lumps. There's one here and there's one wearing it. What was your question? Hello. <laughs> but see, I can go and pretend I'm a comedian about being a doctor. You as a comedian, you get to pretend you're a doctor if somebody wants you to be funny. Here, let me show you where my, let me see your funny bone. Boom! Did you laugh? I always thought the comedy is the best job because I get paid to talk about whatever I want to talk about. If you're at a singing gig, sing. You know, if you're mm -hmm. if you're a doctor, they might not want to talk about baseball right now. They want to know why my back's off. Whereas me, if I like your shirt, I can talk about your shirt. If I don't like your shirt, I can talk about your shirt. And if I do it right, you're still going to like me by the end of it, mm -hmm. even though I made fun of you. And sometimes it doesn't work. <clears throat> There's this woman last week who, uh, and I know you've seen the clean show, but I also have an adult show. It's like being an actor in a movie. You want me to play the killer? Okay. You want me to play the priest? Okay. But I can, I can do both. So I was doing the show and this was a, a, a Zany's out here. And uh, mm -hmm. this woman comes in late with her man and they're drunk a little bit and they're also sitting in the front. So now it's a bigger thing because now they're hugging everybody in their party even though they were late and the MC was kind of nice and tried to give her a shot across the bow like hey sit this down well unfortunately in comedy women can't be uh they can't be defeated whereas with men if there's a drunk guy usually you can go hey Bill come on you be a little crazy he takes his lumps mm -hmm. or you can make fun of him whereas women defend each other even when they're wrong so mm -hmm. like girl could be acting up and you say something it's like it's our birthday and it's like but but what does that have to do you know so they they, they rally so you're always leery when it's when it's a woman you'd rather be the dude a hundred times out of a hundred so uh that's how i feel see <laughs> <laughs> but um, boom. um <laughs> so uh so i'm writing more jokes on that um so so the mc is asking her like come on you know sit down you're late whatever whatever she talks all through his act the feature gets on a real funny feature she continues to talk through her. So the manager has talked to her twice. So at this point, I don't feel bad for you at all. Everyone has given you opportunities to, to be mm -hmm. a, a decent human. So I get on stage. She's doing her thing. Like, it was so bad that I had to open up with, how are you guys doing tonight? Those guys got in trouble. Anyway, and then try to go into the act. So she's talking, and she doesn't know that I'm talking to her about talking. That's how out of it she is. Like, her friend's going, he's talking to you he's talking directly to you and she's like are you talking to me so this goes on a couple times uh i think she's gonna be quiet i'm talking she starts talking again and i go i'm trying to be nice to you i'm trying to explain to you what i don't need you to explain I'm like apparently i do and then she says well i hoped you'd be funnier than you are right now no hesitation i say and i thought you'd be prettier but you're not Bam! so here's where we are <laughs> Now we're both her, right? Right? So that was my point of just, the good thing is, because the crowd wasn't happy with this woman anyway, I got to make fun of her and they right. loved me for it. Whereas yeah. singing, I don't know if that would go over in a singing oh, it does. For, for the doctor, you know, hey, 
put on 40 pounds. You know, I don't know how that goes over. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're Dr. Becker, if you ever seen that show with Ted Danson. Becker. I have seen that show. He's ruthless. Uh, and, you know, I'm a blues singer, so that stuff goes over well because, okay, you know, yeah. blues, you're just talking trash. Right. So it's easy for me to tell people to shut up or, right. you know, and put the twist on. I mean, I'm brutal on stage and right. people laugh about it, but I just don't understand the level of disrespect. And, you know, Dr. Kevin, I could totally see someone walking up to you and be like, can you read my palm? Can you read my mind? Yep. <laughs> Elmer's got the good stuff, you know. Does it, you walk with Elmer, can, can you do my technical stuff? Well, I guess I could see people walking to you and say, can you fix my computer? Because I would totally ask you that. Because I have <laughs> asked you <Yep>. that. Because <laughs> I have asked you that. I, I, do that, I do that a lot for friends. I am always right. fixing technical issues. As so, an 11-year-old back in Phoenix who keeps me busy constantly with fixing his computer. See? See? So, Warren, there is a great Ethel Merman story about uh, this. Want to hear it? Yeah. So, she was doing, um, she was doing her, uh, I think it was the Call Me Madam show, and she's singing the money song. Money, 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 money. And this guy comes in on the matinee and he's drunk and he's like, hey, Ethel baby, give me some money. And she just keeps singing. And then he gets a little louder and they try to quiet him down and he gets even a little louder. And here's Ethel be belting out the song. She stops. She walks off the stage, down the stairs, walks out the thing, walks up to the guy, grabs him by the back of the neck, walks him to the front of the door, throws him out the front door, walks back the thing, gets back on the stage, and finishes the song. Good for <laughs> her. True story. Good for her. Innovation, see? Yep. Good for her. The only story I have like that, I was in a chorus. We were singing at the Portland Museum of Art, and a guy had a heart attack right in front of us, and we didn't stop. We went through the whole thing while he, the show kept going. The show had must go. So we just did the finish the show. The came paramedics came in, picked him up, took him off, and we kept going. You guys didn't close and go, we're killing up here. We're killing him. So what is your ultimate like this does it for me show performance thing that you would like to do that you haven't done yet? that I haven't done yet. Hmm. I think a sold out theater um, would be great. I've done theaters, but I've done theaters with a group. There's like five of us, but a sold out theater where people came just to see me, that would, uh, that would be good. But I think I'm one of those people in life where that's the top until you've done it. And then you need a different top. I need a different, uh, that wasn't a joke for you, different tops there. Um, but uh <laughs> As well as things where <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do with different jobs. Oh boy! But a boom boom. When I first started comedy, I thought, "Man, I just want to play the improv." And then once I played the improv, I'd forgotten that my dream was to play the improv. I wanted to play here, and then I wanted to go overseas, and I wanted to do this. So I'm one of those people where I'm specific, and then once I've done that, well, now I want this. So today. You talk to me in two years. I may have gotten a sold out theater and then been on to something else. So, uh, so who is your favorite all time comic living or comedian because of Eddie Murphy? I wanted to be Eddie Murphy when I was a kid in 1982. I was 10, and I think that's uh, 
when he was on Saturday Night Live, and I thought he was hilarious. And then when he came out with Beverly Hills Cop, I was like that. I love that style of fast talking, making stuff up on the fly. Uh, I want I wanted to be Eddie Murphy at that point. So that's that's what I want to do. But uh, my mom would let me curse, so there were problems. Yeah. Hey, a little. I don't think his mom did way. You can always rinse your mouth out afterwards. Exactly. Exactly. Where were you brought up? Boston, Massachusetts. Oh. I was military, so then we moved to Phoenix when I was 15. Um, so then all those kids, you know, made fun of the accent. And then at the reunions, years later, like, oh, I always loved your accent. And I was like, where were you guys on prom night when I was looking? Yeah. I, I live in Nashua, New Hampshire, and I used to live in Boston, and I used to live in Phoenix. Ah. So. Where are you now? Oh, I thought you meant the doctor, but I guess no, you I know where he is. Already. Uh, <laughs> outside, outside Chicago. Stay with the program. Oh, okay. Stay with the program. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I went to the comedy bar in Chicago last time I was there. How funny. They just yeah. emailed me the other day. I was this close to doing their um, open mic stand-up night just for old time's sake. Why didn't you? I just didn't, couldn't make the time. My my husband's there going, um, was, was there doing something. And I was like, I'm here to support him. Because I did some stand-up comedy years ago right. when, I, when I was when I was broke and I needed money and and somebody offered me money to do it and I would do anything almost anything for money at that point so right. I said, I'll do it so I did song dance and stand-up comedy at a gay bar and they paid me and I ate that week but you know I was like hey now how long between then and you doing the show you thought about doing had gone by. Years, years. What were you going to say? What would you have opened with? Oh, yeah. I was working in my head of like what kind of lines I would open up with because I use I use funny lines in my stuff. Like I was going to do about being a professional psychic. You know, people come to people come up to me all the time and they go, so you can read what's in my mind. And I'm like, do I look like I'm screaming? Do you see me trying to hurt myself? (laughs) You know, so. I, I was going to make it off being a professional psychic and a speaker. And then, of course, I, I have several books out and I do a lot of work with ADD and ADHD. So I was going to dive into being an ADD poster child. Gotcha. Hey, Dr. I, Kevin, I hate to interrupt you. You know what's going to happen, right? What? Don't we have like one minute? We have minutes? one minute left. And really? I actually, I actually happen to know next week's guest only because I, of course, because you sent him a thing today and spent 15 minutes learning about chef Anthony Nichols, who's going to be here next <laughs> week's guest. Yes. Fast. Two it weeks. did. It two did. Weeks. This is two weeks, two weeks, not next week. Next show. Next show. Next show. <laughs> next show. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Stay with the program. Stay with the program. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. Warren, this is one of the, the funniest, <laughs> the funniest uh, shows. Um, this yeah, it did. It was it was fun. Mm-hmm. It went by. Well, you know, we can definitely talk about having you come back. Um, Great, yeah, at definitely. Some point, but this was this was a lot of fun. Um, I'm glad you guys have me. I'm glad that that time. Went by. You know, it's good when the time goes by quickly. So uh, that's yeah, great. in the blink of an eye. And yeah. I just love the the banter between the three of you. That's even funnier because all I did was laugh. This show. <laughs> you talked once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> she did. I didn't hear her. Um, right. What's the next show? I'm, What's the I'm, next show? Uh, May seventh. It's a private show, though, so oh. it won't be posted. Oh, baby, we'll talk. I didn't know you yeah. did private show. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it rain. No, <laughs> rain. I see what you did. 
<laughs> okay, walk us out, Elmer. You know this is never going to end until you do. Dun, 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 dun. Warren, thank you. No, Elmer. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I had a great time. <laughs> I hope so. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. Stay okay. there. Don't hang up. Okay. Stay with us. I'll hug you. Yeah. yeah.